You're listening to the Kamesh Podcast, and this is episode two. My name is Marlon, and I will be joined today by two very special guests. Today, we'll talk about our brand new league members, learning more about today's special guests, and of course, predictions. Before we jump right into things, here is this week's Daily Quote. It's not the size of the dog in the fight but it's the size of the fight in the dog. This is from Archie Griffin, Cincinnati Bagels. Man, these past two weeks have been insane to say the least. So where do I start? (laughs) How about this? Last week's special guest in Kevin Sang is actually rejoining the league. That's huge news for the league and pretty much everybody in it. (laughs) This guy is a league winner and specifically, again, was the 2018 league winner. And I love Gabe, great friend of mine and amazing brother. But if Kevin was in the league last year, you could make your argument that he potentially would have gone back to back, right? So... Again, for Kevin to to come back to this league, it definitely states a lot. And ladies and gentlemen, it just makes this season a lot more interesting. So stay tuned. Also, we've added two new members. So from going to a 10-man league, this is a 12-man league. And some of you guys out there listening might be like, "Eh, okay, well, that's not much of a difference. That's a lot of players ultimately gone that could have been dispersed amongst the 10 original teams already in the draft, right? So I think there's about 13 to 14 players in total of the roster. Don't factually count that. (laughs) I have to double check and see, but roughly, you know, multiply that by two. That's 26 to let's just say 30 people of players that are ultimately gone because they're going to be dispersed amongst two additional teams. So, yeah, it definitely does make things a little bit harder. But let's give a quick shout-out to the two new members that are within the Superstar League. Alex Ramirez and Jonah Baldwin. Thank you guys for joining our league, and this definitely should be a good one, for sure. I'm excited to have Jonah and Alex, both of these guys, Football gurus, they know what's up. And honestly, if I'm the league, I better take these guys into notice too. Everyone else is scary, but Alex and Jonah is just as scary. I played with Jonah before. This guy could take your heart out if if you really undermine him. So be careful of Jonah and Alex. Alex, he's he's hunting. He's hunting for for fresh blood for sure. And all he needed was the opportunity, and here he is. He's definitely going to make the most of the opportunity. And I'm scared. Everyone in this league is hungry. They want the best out of their lineups, and they want to win, right? And I think anyone is going to – they're going to do what it takes to win. And so – Again, there's $900 on the line for first place. 
So we'll see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Devin Meadows and Nick Devine here with us as our two special guests for Epi number two. Nick and Devin, thank you so much for, for hopping on today. And I really appreciate you guys joining me on this this conquest uh, for fantasy gloriness. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, thank you so much. Of course, of course it, it really hits home when I can have both Devin and Nick uh, available to, to chat. And it's always a good conversation. So before we really start off, Nick, how are you today? Uh, do I'm doing uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah, uh, you know, being a college student on Zoom definitely takes a lot more out of you than actually going to class. I would say at least. But uh, you know, I'm doing really good, Marlon. Uh, I'm glad to hear that, Nick. And that definitely does make sense about Zoom. It's uh, a different world. It's a Zoom University, right? Is what a lot of people call it. Yeah, Zoom. Uh, I'm doing good, man. Um, again, just a, a working professional. Uh, Go to school at the same time. Luckily, I don't have to deal with Zoom as well. Just a little bit more pace, uh, like your own individual pace type of environment. So it's pretty cool, man. So uh, again, thank you for joining. And and Devin, uh, I hope you're well as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm chilling. Just uh, same as you, working. Uh, thankfully, not going to school as well. But I don't know how you're doing that. But uh, yeah, just chilling, ready for the season. I don't know how to do it either, but <laughs> I'm glad everything's going good on both of you guys' end. And um, I don't know if you guys are ready, but I'm ready to talk a little football. Let's go. All right. Oh, well, here we go. Ready. So since both of you guys are 49er fans, um, I wanted to start off with, will Jimmy Garoppolo be asked to do more in 2020? And maybe a little bit of extra background for that question is, you know, Again, playing a full season with the 49ers, they went to the Super Bowl, right? And I think he did what he could have. And I know the Super Bowl is it's probably tough to go back and remember what happened. But do you think that maybe he's going to need to play a bigger role in San Francisco or thoughts about that? I don't know that it's necessarily he needs to play a bigger role. Um, I think uh, he's not like you're your Patrick Mahomes, your Lamar Jackson, where he's going to take over a game necessarily or be the focal point of your offense. But I think, uh, I mean, we all know Kyle Shanahan is a brilliant offensive coach and he's going to put a system around Jimmy to, to help him succeed. And all Jimmy really needs to do is kind of execute the scheme and run the offense efficiently. So uh, I think he'll be better at it than he was last year, having that year under his belt. But I don't think he's going to be uh, needing to step up any more than just playing his part. Got it. Nick, any thoughts? Um, so I actually, I you know, I think everyone had this, you know, this kind of thing against Jimmy Garoppolo on how, you know, he, he only threw, what, eight passes in what the Super Bowl, yeah. I think it was. But I think pe- I think people just don't necessarily they they look at that because you know Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson they th- you know they're they're a throwing quarterback but they're also very mobile. While if you look at the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, it's totally 
focused on the run game. So I think that Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think he needs to do any more than he's really done because that's just not the way that the 49ers play football, you know, throwing the ball 30, 40, 50 times a game. That's just not them. And, you know, when you, and it's been working for them. So it's really, it's, if it's not broke, you don't necessarily have to, I guess, quote, fix it or, you know, kind of shape it to the way that certain analysts view quarterbacks as, I guess. You know, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback. He can make throws when you need him to. And then, you know, you also have running backs who run the ball when you really need him to. So, I, you know, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is good. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be, if not better this year, but still sticking to the Kyle Shanahan offense. Got it. Got it. That's beautiful. And I think something that you brought up was the running back committee. I'd love to kind of touch on that a little bit with the, I would say, kind of crowded backfield. So, what do you think Kyle Shanahan's latest running back committee looks like in general? Ooh, that one is, um, well, that one, that one's tough because, you know, you have Raheem Mostert who just blew up the past few games of the la- of last season, probably week eight or 10 on, you know, he just blew up. Tevin Coleman, he's your guy. That will always, you know, some games he'll play a really big part. Some games will play a really big part. He'll always score when you need him to. But then, you know, we also got Jarrett McKinnon coming in, uh, you know, two years being injured, not knowing what he's going to do. But I, I think that there's not a lot of coaches, personnel in the league really ready for what I think Jarrett McKinnon is going to be able to put on the table for the 49ers. And just a quick side question for you, Nick. Uh, for Mr. McKinnon, do you think he has fantasy value moving forward to the season? Um, I think right now he doesn't. I think fantasy players need to kind of see him in action yeah. first. Kind of see where his position is um, in a in a normal game, and I think that that'll then tell them if they want to pick him. No, up. absolutely. I think that's that's really fair because without preseason, it's kind of hard to to really evaluate or really kind of make those type of decisions, right? With really anybody, and um, you know, I'm I'm so happy that he's healthy and uh, behind a really star-studded offense like that. I definitely do think that. Um, he could be a factor, and uh, knowing that there's still Mostert and, and Coleman, like that's pretty deadly, right? And so, when you have a change of pace back, like McKinnon coming off there, and he can catch anything in the backfield, like that definitely is pretty dangerous. So, thoughts on that, Devin? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, uh, the the 49ers running back committee last year was kind of a a multi headed. You know, you stop one guy, another guy comes out and gets 200 yards on you. Um, so I think it's going to be a similar thing this year. I think uh, Mostert looks really good. He's a burner. Um, he can run with anyone in the league. And Coleman's a little bit more physical. Uh, I like him as a goal line back. And uh, we got some undrafted free agents, too, who will, will maybe be coming in, make the roster. Who knows? Uh, that's how Burrito was. And he was good for us. So maybe looking at that and 
Jared McKinnon, I agree, Nick, with everything you said. Um, I think, obviously, we haven't seen him play in two years. Um, but if he's back healthy, like he supposedly is, uh, this is the guy who Kyle Shanahan picked and paid a bunch of money because he, he thinks he can use him well. Um, and I think, I think people are kind of sleeping on him a little bit. Um, which is justified since he hasn't played in two years. But I think if he comes back fully healthy, he's going to go off. Um, so I, I like him a lot, especially in the pass catching game, uh, like screens and, and stuff like that kind of add another element to the offense. Gotcha. I'd actually like to uh, like kind of piggyback. Yeah. Something yeah. Real of course. Quick. Uh, I think it, because, you know, you see the 49ers using, you know, like rush blocking a lot in their scheme. You know, you got Kyle Juszczyk, you got George Kittle, even Ross Dwelly and uh, and the other uh, tight ends that they have. I think it's going to be really interesting seeing, you know, if you have like a two like running back set, you know, you, you might not have uh, fullback Kyle Juszczyk in there. But, you know, it's like if you have Kevin, uh, Tevin Coleman and, you know, Jet McKinnon or – Raheem Mostert in there, or, you know, Raheem and Jet. I think that'll be really interesting to watch as well. Just kind of with all that together, I, I don't think defenses will really know what's hitting them at the time. And Jeff Wilson's coming in there, too. Wilson! <laughs> going on, and I think, Nick, you always bring up some, some beautiful keywords, and, and I think the one keyword that you brought here was, it's actually a person, and it's uh, Mr. Kittle. And I know that that wide receiver corpse, man, I, I might be a little bit baked up right now, but um, my goodness, Debo Samuel, what a year he had last year. And do you do you guys think that his encore is going to be better than his first act? I don't know yet. Uh, I like Debo. I think he's a, he's a great receiver. He's going to be a great receiver. Um. But I think losing Emmanuel Sanders might hurt him a little bit, especially at the start of the season, just not having that that secondary receiver to take the pressure off him. Uh, I do like the new guy, Brandon Ayuk, a lot. But I think, I mean, he's a rookie receiver, so he's going to take some time to kind of get adjusted. And outside of Debo, the Niners don't really have any proven receivers Obviously, besides Kittle, but he's a tight end. So I think I think a lot of defenses are going to kind of key in on Debo. Um, I do think he'll figure it out, but I'm not sure how that will play with uh, his stats and whether he'll have as good of a year as last year. Um, but it, it really all depends how the rest of the receiver corps works out. Uh, as you mentioned Marlon a lot of guys are banged up uh, a lot of guys are unproven but I think I think there's some good talent in there and just another quick side question for you Devin uh, yeah do you think Kittle is better than Kelsey I do I think as an all-around tight end if you include blocking I think he's better I like Kelsey more a little bit as a receiver especially in possession catches but Blocking, I don't think it's a contest. Uh, Kittle's the best tight end in the league. 
Although I do, I do have to give a uh, honorable mention to Darren Waller just coming out last year and going beast mode. Uh, yes, uh, Waller the baller. Yeah, the walrus. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Me in Las Vegas, I uh, appreciate that. And again, man, you guys' transitions are on point. Uh, with us being now the the Las Vegas Raiders, and you know, obviously nothing has changed for for the Niners. Well, you guys are in Santa Clara, but. I think everyone else on the outside looking in will still consider the Niners, I guess, SF. Do you still consider us a rival? Or is that are those days kind of long gone and it's more the Seattle Seahawks or really divisional opponents are the true rivals? You know, I wouldn't really consider them in the same category as each other. Because division rivals, you play each of those teams twice a year. With the 49ers and the Raiders, you maybe get a matchup every three years, three, four years. Like, I think the last time the Raiders were in and the Niners played was, what, two years ago, I believe? That sounds right. And before that, it it had been a handful of years before, you know, that was – that was a game was like that just due to the intensity of the fans at each other. But, you know, I would still consider it a rivalry. You know, it's the battle of the Bay. The Niner fans don't like Raider fans. Raider fans don't like Niner fans. You know, you're walking down the street and, you know, you, you might see someone wearing a Raider gear and you might have Niner gear on, you know, and there'll always be a little bit of trash talk. You know, Marlon, I think that, your friendship with Devin and I, you know, we definitely have our little trash sure. talking sessions, you know, but I, that's just the nature of the rivalry, you know. So, yeah, I, I would consider it to be you know, I, the rivalry still there. It'll all it always will be. But I, I wouldn't consider it like a rivalry, like a divisional opponent. I would say that the Niners Raiders rivalry is above a Niners Seahawks Niners Rams rivalry any day. Okay. I think the beauty of the Niners and just us three generals that, man, we could talk about this for, for hours on end. And um, we could, this won't even take hours, it's probably take days. <laughs> we could involve about <laughs> football. There's just so many different, so many different topics and, and things that, and players specifically that we can really go over and schemes and strategies. Uh, we haven't even touched into like weekly matchups or anything like that. And I feel like that's so essential moving forward, but, this is kind of a, a question that just really popped off the dome is just us three. We've been sharing articles about kind of what the, this upcoming season looks like. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I feel like the Niners are, are kind of disrespected um, in some of these articles. And um, I know that we shared the, the Bleacher Report article. I think that was ESPN. Sorry. But it was um, the Niners are being blown out and, um, they're, you know, I think there might be tied for the Seahawks, <clears throat> you know, the division. And I think a lot of other people are kind of downplaying the Niners. Like, are the Niners being disrespected right now? Or do people actually have a point? I think there's definitely some disrespect in there. Um, my thing is, I think uh, the NFC West is the toughest division in the NFL. I mean, you got obviously the Niners who had a great season last season. The Seahawks, who uh, were really good last season, almost won the division, came down to that last play. Um, the Cardinals, uh, they look really good. Kyler Murray's a beast, and they 
Hopkins now. The Rams, I mean, maybe not, but they're still decent. They're not they're not terrible, um, but I don't think they're going to be at the top of the division. But who knows? I mean, Sean McVay definitely knows what he's doing. Jared Goff is – he's okay. But I think there's a little bit of disrespect with the Niners. I think people see last season as a fluke uh, just because they kind of came out of nowhere. But – I think uh, if they come out like they did last year, it's gonna it's gonna go away real quick. Interesting. I love the take. How about you, Nick? Um, I would say that West Coast teams are just generally more disrespected than East Coast teams, just to begin with. To be take. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, there's all the the. I I want to say it's a conspiracy because I I kind of believe it. But, you know, like everyone saying, you know, Joe Buck doesn't like West Coast teams because, you know, when you hear him calling games, things that East Coast teams do, you know, he has a lot more excitement in his voice than if if a West Coast team does something good, you know. Um, But, you know, like, I think it kind of goes back to years prior because, you know, at one time the NFC West was the worst division in football. And now they're kind of on the uptrend. But, you know, the Niners were bad for so many years just up until the past couple of years that I think that people just aren't ready for them to be good yet. And then you, and then you mix in, is Jimmy Garoppolo really this good? And, you know, who's proven, who's unproven? Oh, you know, you can throw in, you know, their fans aren't loyal, they're not faithful, you know, things like that. And I, I think that they are disrespected. You know, I think that they haven't proven enough of themselves to the doubters, to the analysts who cover them. But, you know, to as a 49er fan, I think that we have proven, I I mean, going from having the second pick in the draft to going to the Super Bowl, I don't know how that doesn't prove you're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with both of you guys. And again, I I don't want to bring it up, but. 10 minutes. You guys are like 10 minutes away from holding that Lombardi trophy, right? And then all of a sudden, coming into 2020, it's like we don't take into fact what the Niners did all last season. Like, I've never seen a team <laughs> play the Packers, play the Vikings, and have performances like that. Like, you guys eliminated anyone <laughs> that was in your way last year. And the defense was was scary as hell and your your running back committee was was also scary as hell and um Garoppolo was was getting the job done. And so um obviously there's not much loss. Um was it I think DeForest Buckner, right? He was one yeah. of the to, to I believe yeah. to the Colts. But um besides that, I mean everyone is, is still there and, and ready for revenge. And so um kind of when we were just sharing those articles, I was I was very taken away and very surprised. I mean, me, I, I love the NFL and obviously not a huge Niner fan, but definitely respect what um, what Kyle Shanahan and what they what a team that is over there in Santa Clara. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, it's just wanted to bring that up just because, you know, you got to put some respect on the name, you know, and I feel like that's definitely something that analysts and people should uh, should definitely kind of, you know, pay attention to. So, 
in terms of that, kind of want to shift a little away from the actual NFL, but turn our attention more to this upcoming draft. Yo, this draft is tomorrow. I hope you guys are ready. I'm ready. Like, oh, it's, oh it is. Nick's not yeah. ready. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of money on the line, you know, for, for definitely us, you know, all 12 of us. So um, we already have our draft order. And so um, Devin, you're the number eighth pick. And Nick, you're the number 11th pick. So maybe I, we can start off with Devin. But being the eighth pick, how do you feel and – um, I don't expect you to come on here and be like, hey, I'm going to pick this person. This person. <laughs> Obviously, let's not do that, right? Give away any sort of draft strategy. But um, are you feeling pretty confident that eighth? Like, maybe what was your initial reaction when you first heard about that? And just kind of take us through this process of what this past week's been like, right? From getting the news to, man, tomorrow's draft day. Like, let's go. So want to hear about that process. Yeah, um, I'm actually, I'm not upset with it. I, I kind of like being in the middle because you don't have too long between picks. Um, kind of get things spread out evenly and get some get some depth in there. Uh, past week, uh, been doing a little bit of research. I mean, I feel like outside of kind of having your, your guys, right, and your lists, um, not a whole lot changes from year to year. I mean... Like like you mentioned earlier, there's no preseason, so we we are missing a lot of info that we maybe had in years past. But the the season's so much different from training camp, so you kind of gotta go with your gut um, and definitely make informed decisions. But I think a lot of times player movement and injuries obviously go in go into making those decisions. Um, but no, I'm I'm happy with eighth. I think I think it's a good spot, and I think it's going to be a good draft. I'm excited. Nicolas, um, you know what? As as eleven, you know, it's not that bad because you kind of you almost kind of get back to back picks, and you know. You kind of don't want to like being one through six or you know even the top five. You know, there's a lot of pressure yeah. there, and I think you know being kind of farther back in the in the order, I think that it kind of gives you a better advantage. And so I'm kind of looking at it as like, hey, I can get you know two of my top guys that I want, probably you know that are hopefully there back to back. But you know, also it it you know you. Looking at it, you're like, oh, I'm 11. This isn't that good. But, uh, you know, I think it'll be okay. But strategy-wise, uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I do every year and just come in empty-handed and just look up there and be like, you know what? I like that guy. And I pick him up and I put him <laughs> on the board. And every year, it's done pretty well for me. Um, except, you know, and then I make a stupid trade early on in the season. Like last season, I traded uh, Devin. Uh, who did I trade? Oh, I gave him Lamar Jackson for Jared Goff, and I still have not. Thank uh, you for that, by the way. I, yeah, <laughs> I still haven't forgotten, forgiven myself yet. I'm <sighs> looking forward to trading this year, too. <laughs> what could have been. <laughs> I think we need to remind everyone out there that, Nick, you were a fourth down the way from winning 
the league title in 2018. And yes, um, I remember. I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> okay, story time with Nick right here. <laughs> so. Yes, 2018. Uh, I came into the playoffs as the number six pick, I, sixth place. I think. I think that's top yeah, six, top right, six, Marlon? Yep. Yeah. So I was the uh, number six, and I rode the, that wave all the way up into the championship game. And this is the part that I remember like it was <laughs> yesterday. We're in the Levi's Stadium parking lot after the Niners had just played. Don't remember who they were playing. It is myself, and I'm winning by, you know, maybe two, three points. It's pretty close against uh, the great oh Devin Sang. And we are in Devin's car in the parking lot. There's probably less than two minutes left in the Seattle game. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, I might win this. But no, 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 no. <laughs> Chris Carson runs it up two yards up the middle for a touchdown, and I lose. And I was literally screaming in the car because I was so mad. I do remember you screaming in the ah. car. Yep. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and Devin, you were literally right there as, as well in, in that championship game last year, correct? Uh, yeah. Kenyon Drake still haunts my nightmares. Oh boy. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, it was a close one. Yeah. I, I again, and I mean, I'm not trying to bring it up as like, at like a mal. Kind no, of, no, not at all, not at all. This is just to let everyone know that, like, the two people that I have on here with me chatting, like, these guys are serious. Like, they can win a league easily, and they have top three teams under their belts. And so, you know, I'm definitely excited to see what's going to happen this year and your guys' draft strategies going in for tomorrow. And um, I think it's going to be a fun time, but um, a scary time because for me – I'm right in between you guys. <laughs> so, um, I got to definitely come with my A game and, and kind of make sure that um, following Devin and, you know, make sure that I can um, also kind of make Nick proud, right? And so hopefully I don't want to steal any Nick's picks, but, uh, you know. Unless yeah. they're grown picks. <laughs> but Nick and Devin, both of you guys are very strong uh, in terms of picking lineups. And literally you guys are playoff bound pretty much every year. Like, that's not really an argument about it. Do you guys see each other as a rival? Or do you guys have the specific league member that you might see them as a rival? Ooh, uh, Devin, want to take this one first? Yeah, sure. Um, All right. I don't know. I I don't see any... I mean, I guess I did lose to Gabe last year, and I beat him the year before, so there's a little bit of a rivalry going there. But I don't see any any major rivalries. Um, I think uh, it it definitely changes from year to year. Uh, whoever's you know kind of whether you know you're trying to make the playoffs and you're battling for that last spot. Or if you're up at the top, kind of vying for that first seed and that buy. Um, there's definitely rivalries with, with teams kind of near you there. But um, every season's a new season. So I am looking forward to seeing how the rivalries develop 
I think it's pretty early too. I mean, it's been a two-year league. Uh, the the rivalries are still kind of developing, and uh, they're they're getting more heated, but it's still in good fun. You know, I don't think I, I wouldn't consider Dev and I to be rivals. You know, I th- I think that we have a good enough relationship that it's like if I beat him, it's like oh, good one, dude. And if he beats me, it's like oh, good one, dude. But yeah, I wouldn't really say we're rivals. You know, I mean, sure, if it's close, you know, it might, you know, for a couple weeks we might be rivals. But I wouldn't consider ourselves rivals. If we're talking like other people in the league, rival wise. Um, I think it does change yearly. You know, it's like sometimes Jeremiah is really good. Mello and Gabe, they're always good. But, you know, who knows? Um, but I think that I think that there's always that one guy in the league, one, two guys maybe, who really kind of uh, just kind of show themselves and be like, hey, I'm here. You know, they might have, you know, picked a needle in a haystack and they're going off, you know. Um but I, I think that it's not much of a rivalish league. I think everyone's just there to have fun and just have some friendly tra- uh, trash talk. But you know, may, I if anyone's if anyone's a rival, it might be just Gabe and Mello, just because you know they're so into the league and you know they're always really good and usually up at the top. So maybe maybe it's just them. I don't know. Are you? Hard to tell. Every, every are you so saying different. they're rivals with each other or you're rivals with them? They're rivals mm-hmm. with each other. They're also brothers, which helps. <laughs> That's very true. It definitely makes sense. Um, I've been asking kind of, you know, different people around the league and in terms of prediction, right? I asked uh, Kevin last week and um, I don't know if you guys remember, but, you know, he put Kyan and he put Gabe and definitely put Andrew up there uh, in terms of kind of maybe the the three kind of leaders of of the pack here. Um, do you guys see anything different? Like, do you guys have different people that go against up uh, during the week? You're like, oh shit! Like, this is this is the guy. Like, is that the the former champ in in Gabe or? What are you guys' predictions for this year? Uh, maybe if you if you want to go bold and you know say who might win it all, or uh, you know just give us a couple good teams and maybe some dark horses, that'll be cool. Stuff up to you guys. Um, well, since Kevin wasn't in the league last season, I think that I think he'll be the dark horse. Honestly, I mean, we all know how well he can draft. I, we all know how well. You know, I mean, what was it? He picked uh, he picked Jimmy G with his last pick in 2018, yeah. I think it was. And I mean, and look, and look what he did. Um, I, you know, I, I I think Kevin will be the dark horse because you know it's he's been gone for a year. Uh, you know, there's some new guys in this league. There's some people that have left. Um, you know, and also I think to bring into this consideration on you know who's going to win it all, I think it really de- also kind of depends on you know like who might get COVID, who might not get COVID. I think that's a whole nother aspect that we Absolutely. have to, you know, other than just getting injured, it's like, shit, who, who's going to contract this virus, you know, and who, who's going to be out for, you know, three to four weeks. That's the minimum. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, 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 it's hard to, it's hard to tell. Um, but 
I I think Kevin is gonna I think Kevin's gonna ball out. I mean, I want I want to say me. Hey, but, you know, I'm usually <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I think I think Alex will also be kind of a dark horse. You know, I've never played fantasy with him. I don't know if any of us actually have. Um, I don't know. I don't know what his strategy is. I don't know how he how he plays. You know, I think he might be someone to watch out for. Other than that, yeah, I I don't know. It, it's kind of it's kind of a wait and see type of league this year. Definitely, I'd agree with that. I think uh, I mean it's kind of a cop out answer, but I think we're all really close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um again, I feel like I just I'm such a uh I keep repeating this over and over and how it's gonna be a good season, but um again I really can't wait for tomorrow's draft and um everyone's gonna kinda come into it knowing or probably going a certain way, but the way that some picks might roll out is turn three hundred and sixty degrees, you know, and I feel like if people are going running back and someone messes up and grabs a wide receiver, then I think everything kind of flops over. So um, I'm definitely interested to see how that goes. And I love Nick's strategy. You just kind of go into it with a very open mind and you kind of see. Um, Again, uh, Devin and Nick, I, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate you guys taking time to, to really hop on this podcast with me and, you know, Epi number two is epic because of you guys and, um, this is pre-draft, and so hopefully I can maybe have you guys back if you guys want. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm down. down. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, um, I'll go ahead and re- reveal the draft order once again real quick. So we have the reigning champ, Gabe, at number one. We have Andrew at number two. We got Kevin at number three. We got Alex at number four. Jeremiah at five. Stay base, Jonah, at number six. Kyle at number seven, the Devin, Mr. Devin, aka Mr. Heaven at eight. We got Ian at nine. We got myself at ten. And we got Nick, aka Stefan Diggs. Uh at, is it Diggs? Diggs my ass? Yes, that's it, yes. Okay. <laughs> well we I don't know if we should talk about that Odell situation, but I feel like that's probably uh, Oh boy. <laughs> and Nick at Mr. at number 11 and then we have Mr. A.O. Mello at 12 and um, again uh, we'll have more analysis and more of a recap coming up uh, fairly soon right after the draft and um, Nick, Devin I wish you guys a very healthy team um, hope everything works out for the best in your favor tomorrow and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys as usual but um Again, you know, may the best man win, and um, let's have a great season. Let's do it. I'm excited. Man. Forward to it. Let's I'm excited. Do it. Beautiful. Well, that concludes our uh, episode number two. I'm Marlon Jai Cody, your commish. Good night. <laughs>